Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money, VSIN, the sports betting network. On a Thursday, that means we kick off a new week in the NFL. We say hi. Hope you're having a nice week. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. I'll get to the Blues Brothers. Yes, they're both wearing denim blue today. The big guy, Dawson Sweetelson, and the Prince, Amal Shaw. Just quickly here, it looks like Trevor Lawrence is going to give it a go in the Big Easy tonight. So New Orleans hosting Jacksonville. Going to be fascinating. Remember, this number opened the Jags a point and a half over at DraftKings. Now, we We've gone all the way through zero. Obviously, we got the two and a half with the Saints laying it with the question marks about Trevor Lawrence. It's now sitting two in the market, but the reports right now looks like Trevor Lawrence, the Jags quarterback, is going to give it a go. So we'll keep you updated there. A low total, no surprise, might be where we're pointing to today on the 40 and a half. If you want to do that and you want to get involved as far as the NFL tonight, feel free. We've got a packed show, including you got two Major League Baseball playoff games one starting and about two hours so we'll get to that coming up in just a bit We've talked about the sports equinox here at VEASAN and that special we're running over at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. But I wrote down in my notes today just kind of an idea, just a menu of what's happening across sports if you want to get down. So, again, we mentioned the two Major League Baseball playoff games. You got Thursday Night Football with Week 7 kicking off. How about for Amal Shaw, 12 hockey games, so the ice <laughs> is busy. I should say Dustin Sweetelson because he watched a period uh, in the first game of the year and so that's more than he watched last year you've got six preseason games in the association big guy and the nba regular season kicks off coming up this tuesday remember you've got the uh, nba betting guide over at vsin.com slash subscribe you want to build your own model john von model is going to help you do it kicking off on tuesday you got the lakers and nuggets in the first and then the double dip finishes with the Suns and the Warriors. You also have week eight of college football, including a Sunbelt game tonight that I can't be more excited about. JMU, stand up, Dustin Sweetelson at Marshall. JMU is a legit football team. We'll get to them in just a little bit. This is for the Prince, Samal Shaw. Premier League is back. That international break. Get the hell out of here <laughs> on Saturday. A full slate in England. Cheerio. And also the ML LS decision day coming up on Saturday for if you're into that type of thing. They've got the decision day coming up, which determines who's going to be in the postseason. So I know I've talked a lot here, boys, but that just gives you an idea on this October 19th where we sit as far as our menu. Let's get to, of course, the Blues Brothers and the Blue Brothers. That is Dustin Sweetelson, Amal Shaw. We'll start with them all over there at the D Bar Canada. How are we feeling today? Feeling fantastic. I'll tell you what, we're going to get into our dog specials. You guys are both beating the hell out of me. I'd like to throw in FIU, who got the win in overtime. My God, you talk about pulling a Sam Hartman last night on fourth and 18, rallying, kicking the field goal, and then winning in double overtime. So hopefully you'll give me credit for that, even though I didn't end up playing it. But I said, hey, that would probably be the way I'd go. Were, were both Sam Houston State and FIU, are they religious schools? 
Because they were throwing balls up <laughs> with their, their eyes closed and praying someone caught them at the end. I was trying to Some figure out what the punchline was going to be. You're not, you're not no, wrong. I can't call it a Hail Mary. There's a pregnant pause waiting yeah. for the punchline. Yeah. I thought I almost dozed off. But we'll go <laughs> feel free, Dustin. Big guy, welcome to the show. <laughs> no, I can't call them Hail Marys because I don't think either quarterback was capable of throwing it more than like 18 yards in the air. <laughs> but in the overtime, yeah. though, FIU was fantastic on their two touchdowns. Or one was down to yeah. the two-yard line. The other one was a touchdown pass. Patrick, you mentioned Saturday uh, the Merseyside Derby uh, between uh, Liverpool and, of course, uh, Everton. There should be a good one back with the Premier League also returning. And, guys, I got to tell you, I'm a little bit mad right now myself. We talked about it. We broke it down. You said Scherzer will not go 14 outs in the game. He gets 12 outs, I believe. I don't even remember. Did he get pulled in the fourth inning or not? It was after four, it right? It got ugly, yeah. And it was yeah, he, never. He got through four. He got through four. Outs. Well, yep. I'll be honest with you. As soon as we got that four spot, I just started looking for a hedge number. I said, this thing is done and dusted. It's over. We'll see you in game four, two, one. Yep, 8-5 win for the Astros. Good call, boys, on Javier. Um, he Now, here's the thing, and yesterday was it was interesting because, again, these are the defending champs, so you, you don't expect them to back down, but they just got all over Scherzer. Scherzer, interestingly enough, he retired the first, top of the first with eight pitches, and then the Astros jumped all over him in the second, scored three. Altuve, a three-game hitless streak. He breaks out of that funk, boys, with the solo shot, but Amal just mentioned it. We, the, t- the show was on Houston plus money. That's a cash. We went over the nine. That's a cash. We went under Scherzer 13 and a half outs. That's a cash. So the champs kind of clawing their way back against the Rangers here on the road. 2-1 series lead for the Rangers. That was what four and two thirds. Javier holds the Rangers hit list. It, it's just we needed a game. Right. And we needed we needed a series to get interesting. And all of a sudden, this is interesting. I'm all this is interesting. Big guy. It's fantastic. And a couple of things I want to get back to. You mentioned Altuve. He almost leads off the game with an absolute bomb to center field. I mean, he hits it to the deepest part of the park. Otherwise, he's starting out with a solo job. And you mentioned Christian Javier. Five and two-thirds innings, three hits, two earned runs, obviously. But, you know, that solo shot uh, by Jason Young. But other than that, guys, he was outstanding. And against a team that's as potent offensively as the Rangers are, you can live with a mistake like that when you already have a 5 nothing lead. I think Christian Javier deserves a ton of credit for how well he's pitched in this postseason and what he's been able to do for the Astros. Dustin, he looked great. Really got the Astros back to where they needed to be. Yeah, and we got something going now. And this is kind of what Houston's done all year. Lose at home, win on the road. On the road again today, taking on Andrew Haney, a lefty. And this group, like this core of Houston Astros hitters, they've made... These guys have made a lot of money off dominating lefties that can't overpower you. And Andrew Heaney's one of them. I think the fourth best in home runs this year against lefties, second best OPS this season against lefties. Altuve always wears Andrew Heaney out. I am very inclined to look to Houston again tonight. Guys, game four to me feels like the swing game in this series. Stroh's win, Patrick. I feel like they're going to probably win the series. Obviously, Rangers win. They go up three games to one. But it just mentally, right? Houston's been there, done that. We've seen it so many times. Dustin referenced that yesterday. I feel like it's a similar situation again. And you talked about it with Haney on the bump. He is not a guy I am confident in if you're a Texas no. Ranger backer. Quick hook. No, and, and it's like the Astros like to be the bad guys. Right. They go on, they, yeah. they lose the first two at home, but they just can't wait to get to Arlington so they can just do what the Astros do, which is spoil everybody's party for the last, I don't know, seven years. Uh, I agree with both of you. Haney's not going to overwhelm you. Uh, I do like, what is it, a dollar two right now uh, on the Astros, nine and a half on the total. L- let's hold off on that one. A- and why don't we start with the early game? Because I think this is fascinating. You got Suarez, who pitched great against the Braves in games one and four there as far as the lefty for Philly and Brandon fought. I look, I've been reading a lot about this and Amal, you and I have been killing this kid and he's just a rookie. His underlying numbers to the seam heads aren't as bad. I guess the more you dig into Brandon fought's numbers for the D backs today, but I, I, can you two explain to me how you can back the kid, uh, especially Suarez was what three and a third scoreless against the Braves in game four, five innings pitched one run. So eight and two thirds against the Braves, one run and four hits for the lefty against a team in the Braves that mashes lefties. Now you're taking on a D backs team that over the second half of the year just did not hit lefties. They hit righties great, but not lefties. And here comes Suarez. Uh, 
I think the dollar twenty is even cheap here on the Phillies today. I would agree with you. And you know what? The Brandon Fott argument in terms of where the advanced numbers are in the analytics. Hey, you know what? West Virginia was winning that football game last week for 59 minutes and 58 seconds. You know what? They play 60. And Brandon Fott at the end of the day is not the guy I want on the bump. If you're the Arizona Diamondbacks, Patrick, I completely agree with you. Minus 120 for a team that's just absolutely on fire right now. I, you know, look, I know the Rangers had won seven in a row. But for me, Philadelphia just feels like a different beast currently compared to Texas. And the other thing is they're playing a weaker opponent. The Rangers are up, matched up against the Astros. Just experience. We talked about the postseason. Dustin referenced them winning on the road. You talked about spoiling the party. Remember when they played the Washington in the World Series? All seven games were won by the road team. This should not come as a complete shock to us. Patrick's absolutely right, Dustin. When you look at it, minus 120 in a hitter-friendly ballpark with a team that's got 15 home runs in their last four games at Chase I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't. I think Brandon fought as NFL in this game. I mean, what did we say about Houston yesterday? They wouldn't blink in the situation they were in. And now Philly, they're not blinking. They want to take care of business and move on and get ready for the World Series. Like the Arizona Diamondbacks are just a, a piece that is standing in the way of their path to what they thought they were getting a year ago. So when I look at this matchup for Brandon fought, this is a weird stat. He's actually worse at home. Like you would think a young guy coming home, more relaxed, being able to have his best stuff. 6-4-6 ERA at home, 5-0-4 on the road. Uh, on the other side for Suarez, he's better on the road. A 2-7-5 ERA this season away from Philly, 5.45 ERA at home. And Arizona does not hit lefties well. 21st OPS in all of baseball against lefties. That is a very short number of what looks like the absolute right side. The only question is, do we go run line? I, I when I think of, oh, when I think of Phoenix, Arizona, I don't think of a crazy home field. <laughs> I don't think of Chase and think home field. I think a hot, beautiful blonde ladies. <laughs> Sorry, always behind the dugout. I, I think that's always. Scottsdale very specifically. But I, yes. I don't even yeah, Scotts. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that. I, I happen to be attracted to blonde women in 2023. <laughs> Am I allowed to be? I'm not sure. But that's what I think of when I think of Arizona. I don't think of Chase being crazy lit and the Phillies being overwhelmed. And by the way, Brandon fought. What does he like to do? He likes to throw a lot of fastballs, big guy in the Phillies. What do they like to do? Hit a lot of fast fastballs out of the park. And that is an issue. Six home runs their last two. I'm all mentioned the numbers in the postseason. They've outscored the D-backs 15 to three. They beat them 10 to nothing in game two. I don't know what I'm missing. If you don't, if you put it this way, if you don't want to lay the price and you just think the Phillies offense is going to continue, you can go over the team total of four and a half. So like, for example, even if you went over the team total, you got there last night, even with the Rangers. Remember, yeah. the Rangers was four and a half. They ended up getting a five and they got blown out. They got beat eight to five. So I don't know if you guys have an opinion on that four and a half team total on the Phillies. I'd, I'd like it to go over, uh, get into a little bit of the breakdown, why I wouldn't play the run line in this game, but why Philly's the absolute play. Okay, we'll come back with the run line conversation and also Urquidy and Haney, as Dustin mentioned, Houston, Texas, that's late game. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Mention from one teammate, TPC Scottsdale. We just talked to Matt Brown at the brand new DraftKings Sportsbook. You know, uh, Jason Robbins, Stacey McCollum, Len Mead, Bill A.D., Brian Musburger, Michelle Musburger. You know, I think you guys might be onto something. I think this gambling thing might work out. We're building brand new books all over the country, including in Scottsdale. Josh Applebaum joins now, our teammate, and he goes to the original DraftKings headquarters there in the studios in Massachusetts. We've got beautiful studios there, building a studio in Las Vegas. So big things for VSIN and DraftKings. Josh Applebaum. Applebaum, our VEASAN betting analyst, morning bets and market insights, two podcasts daily at Josh underscore insights. I always like to mention author, the everything guide to sports betting. You can go check it out. Just order it. Amazon, the holidays coming up and a very special start as we say hi to Josh. It's a big day in the Applebaum household because I don't know if the league starts tonight, but we've got a little co-ed softball with you and the lovely Elise going. That's exactly right, Patrick. Patrick, Dustin, Amal, great to be with you. And yeah, Patrick, joined a softball league in uh, in Cambridge, Mass. So under the lights, big game tonight at 8 o'clock. I'm going to have to find a way to bring my iPad, put it in the dugout, and watch this Thursday night football game. But it's a lot of fun. There's some people who take it very seriously, Patrick. There's some people who don't take it that seriously. Uh, but it'll be our, uh, our first game of the new season. I'm pretty excited. I got my eye black. I got my sunflower <laughs> seeds. Let's get after it. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So how'd you guys decide to wind up in the softball league? I know we'll get to the games in a second, but how'd you guys decide? I love the fact that it's a co-ed league. Yeah, I'm all, you know, it's funny. We were at a, um, we we're at a beer garden in, uh, in Somerville about a month ago in this co-ed softball league. Like I played baseball growing up and I've always wanted to get back into it, but I never really had the connection. And then this league that my, uh, my wife got, uh, actually asked to join. They're like, Oh, we have way too many guys. We need girls. Can Elise play? And then like, okay, sure. And then a couple guys bounced out. I had a decent debut. They said, you can keep coming back. So uh, that's how I made my way. I'm all, I got to keep performing. And so I don't get cut. <laughs> there it is. Well, good luck to you and the great Elise tonight. Softball. I could just see Josh with the cell phone and the Jag saints trying to watch the game and stream the game and live bet while also hitting dingers. All right, <laughs> let's get into it. So again, Josh, maybe we can start with the opener. I've got, you know, the Jags open at a point and a half, and then all the questions started to come down about the quarterback and Lawrence. Uh, our, our board that you and I share is still showing TBD, but it looks like Lawrence is going to give it a go. New Orleans is laying two, and you got a total of 40 and a half. I'll just kind of let you set it up from your perspective here. Yeah, Patrick, a lot of different factors at play here. So number one, you nailed that. You know, this was around a pick em opener. Some shops were Jags minus one short favor with the Jags. And immediately upon the news that Trevor Lawrence was nursing a knee injury, we saw a big adjustment there toward the Saints. Saints flipped all the way at one point to a three point favorite. Then this morning when I was getting ready to do morning bets, I noticed this line go all the way down to one. So it's like, OK, Lawrence wasn't expect or Lawrence was in doubt at one point. The fact that it got to one, that's telling me, OK, he's going to play. So still undecided. It looks like he is going to give it a go here, Patrick. Obviously, we want, you know, uh, you know, concrete confirmation on that, whether you're going to play this game or not. You need to know whether or not Lawrence is playing. But even if he is going to play, this line keeps going to the Saints, Patrick. That's that's what's notable to me. The fact that even though Lawrence is expected to go, we saw the move from this morning, minus one Saints up to minus two, even some shops two and a half. Uh, that's notable also because the public is all over the Jags tonight. Jags are getting across the board about 60% of bets. That makes them a trendy dog, which, uh, again, doesn't it seem too easy, too good to be true? Like New Orleans has lost three of four. Jags have won three straight. Lawrence is playing yet. This line continues to creep up in favor of the Saints. So it tells me a little smart money here might be fading the trendy dog, backing New Orleans at home. And this has kind of been a weird year in the NFL where on the one hand, these chalk favorites have done pretty good. They're against the spread this year. Favorites in general, 48 and 42 against the spread, 53%. Doesn't seem that great. 
But if you look at the last five to 10 years, usually dogs are 53% ATS. So uh, Thursday night football home favorites, they're 55% ATS since 2005. We have a big contrast in styles here where obviously the Jags, as long as Lawrence is good to go, have the better offense, 24 points a game versus 18 points a game. New Orleans, though, has the better defense, only giving up 16 points a game versus 20 for the Jags. So with Lawrence's status in question, looks like it is a sharp play to the Saints, Patrick. I'd lean Saints a bit, but my play here is I'm going to go down swinging with the under tonight. Uh, The under, I'm sure it's all over Twitter. Everyone knows it by now, but the Saints are 15 and one to the under their last 16 games. They're six and oh to the under this year. This total open around 42. At one point, it got down to like 39 and a half. It was sitting 40 much of the day. It has ticked up a little bit up to 40 and a half. But if you're looking to play the under, that hook is now available. Unders this year are 61%. Unders that fall least half point are 67%. Non-conference unders are 69%. And primetime unders are 67%. So, Patrick, you and me did a lot of those, you know, Army, Navy, Military Academy unders. You know, if, hey. if you lose an under and it goes over, you just tip your cap and say, hey, it's a play I got to make. I got to take the under tonight. Give me under 40 and a half. Like the call and like the breakdown of that game, particularly with this movement. And Saints now 12 in a row. Patrick pointed out from last year and this season, last six games, last year as well. Uh, I got to want to look at the perspective you have for this Sunday. I love this one. You're worried about the wind in a lot of these matchups, particularly probably on the East Coast, Philadelphia, Baltimore, the Giants, all these teams in that eastern area could be dealing with some weather conditions. Yeah, you're exactly right, Amal. So wind obviously can play a big role here. We can talk to our colleagues, whether it's uh, Sean King or Mike Pritchard, and they'll tell you it's not the, you know, the hot, the cold, it's not the snow, it's not the rain, it's the wind. And as betters, you got to be aware going into every NFL Sunday, what are the windiest games of the day? And ideally, you're going to try to get these forecasts early. Uh, I would just mention Roto Grinders, NFL weather. They're one of the best, in my opinion, when it comes to giving you up-to-date forecasts in terms of wind. But here's a system match them all. When the wind blows 10 miles per hour or more, very simple. But those unders are 65% since 2021. If you had bet $100 on every windy under 10 miles an hour or more, since 2021, you're up almost four or a little bit over $4,000. So we have a bunch of matches here this weekend. The windiest one would be Washington and the Giants. Uh, it's moved quite a bit, so kind of hurts you to take the under now at this point. But uh, I'd still look toward it. 41 and a half down to 37 and a half. Uh, really good bet split. 62% bets. 83% of the money is on the under. 20 mile per hour winds are expected uh, at the Meadowlands. Also, you have an angle there with outdoor divisional unders uh, with that built-in familiarity really leading to these lower scoring games. So that would be your biggest match. Uh, also, you look at the Patriots game this weekend, Buffalo and New England. I think it's a great spot to tease down Buffalo. Eight and a half down to two and a half. Go through some key numbers. But I like the under here. I don't see much offense from New England against Buffalo. And if Belichick can maybe keep the points low for the Bills, could be looking at the under here. It opened around 44. Now it's down to 40 and a half. You're going to get 20 mile per hour wins in Foxborough. 61% bets, 90% of the money on the under. The third one is Baltimore and Detroit. Uh, That one's in Baltimore. We saw that total fall 44 and a half to 43, 15 to 20 mile per hour wins, only 46% bets, but 60% money to the under. That would be a non-conference under system match. Those are 69% this year. Then the last one is Philly, Miami. It's going to be a great game. This is just a short spread of Philly, only minus two and a half. Saw some smart money, maybe Miami plus three, bring it back down to two and a half. But that under, it opened 53. It feels like it's got to be a shootout, right, guys? But we've actually seen this fall down to 51 and a half. Only 35% bets under, but almost 60% of the money. 10 to 15 mile per hour wins, and those primetime unders are 67%. So those are your windy under system matches. I, I play them all every week. But I think if you really want to get good at them, look at the forecast on a Monday. Try to get these ones early before they fall too much. Josh, I, I'm sorry. I, I just can't. I'm smiling while you're talking because I just, I miss you, buddy. I, the market I matches, too, the steam, the more, I just, Josh and I worked together for so many years with Michael Lombardi. And while he was talking, nobody is more dedicated. Nobody prepares more. Nobody's more married to the market. And when he was giving out the system matches on the Wendy's unders, I, I, you know, I was getting flashbacks, man. I was just getting flashbacks. It's, it's just great to hear you. Um, and one of those unders was your very own New England Patriots. Josh, it's not good right now, buddy. And you're a diehard, true Patriots fan. What's up with your boy? What's up with Krabby Pants? He's 72 now. How would you say, like right now, if I took the temperature of Patriot fans on Belichick, where would they land? 
So Patrick, it's like pitchforks and, you know, light and fires around Foxborough. I mean, it's getting really bad right now. You listen to talk radio, people are calling in. Everyone's done with Belichick. And again, I think you got to look at it one of two ways. You got to give him the credit that he obviously deserves, you know, winning all the Super Bowls. I think obviously Brady might have played a bigger role than Belichick did. But Patrick, ever since Brady left, it's just mistake after mistake when it comes to number one personnel whiffing in the draft. Remember when they drafted Cole strange in the first round and uh, McVay and, and his guys laughed at the pick. I mean, you're it's, it's cool and funny when you have the greatest quarterback in the world, but when you miss on all these draft picks, when you take Nikhil Harry over Debo Samuel and AJ Brown, and then your free agent plays like Patrick, in what world can you look at Jacoby Myers and say, no, we don't want that guy. We want Juju Smith Schuster over Jacoby Myers. Give him more money. <laughs> Myers lights you up there in the primetime game. So I think the the question now is, you know, is this marriage between Kraft and Belichick, is it over? The thing that a lot of people are asking, Patrick, is, and maybe Michael Lombardi knows this, what is Bill Belichick's contract? Like, does he have, you know, three years left at $25 million? Is Kraft going to have to eat the money? Also, do you want Belichick making the next pick? If they have a top three pick, Patrick, and Caleb Williams and Drake Mayer on the board, he might say, no, I want a long snapper from Navy instead of those two guys. So I just think... <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's scary times. Uh, I, I personally am hate watching them every week, Patrick. They're my team, but I think Belichick has screwed this up so much. The hubris, the arrogance, thinking he can just do what he's been doing. No Brady and still win. Uh, I'm actually rooting for them to continue to play poorly, get a high pick and uh, bring in Ben Johnson from your Detroit Lions. Patrick, start over. Give me a young offensive guy. Hubris and arrogance. You know what? <laughs> Somebody went to Vermont. Um, English what's major funny Patrick. about that, Jeff? What's funny about that, Josh, is my friend who's the biggest Bears fan in the world just texting me this morning. I I want Ben Johnson not coaching my team next year. So I think you're going to be fighting over uh, a couple other teams for the young signal caller there with the Lions. Josh, you're the best. Great to see you. Great to hear you. Morning bets. You can hear them every morning. 15 minutes to get you started. And Market Insights, the two podcasts. Josh does a great job at Josh underscore insights. Thank you, Josh. Good luck tonight with the game. Appreciate it, Patrick. Thanks, guys. Thank you. <laughs> You're the best. Josh Applebaum. <laughs> this is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, check out the betting splits over at vcin.com. Money and bets for every game. Updated every five minutes straight from DraftKings. Today's games and future events as well. Get the betting splits as part of your betting arsenal today at vcin.com. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. College football week eight. It's a great slate to talk about it. Joshua Perry, NBC Sports, Peacock, college football analyst, former Ohio State linebacker. You can find him on Twitter at RIP underscore JEP, of course, Penn State at Ohio State this weekend. We'll get to that in just a bit, but as we say hi to Joshua, first off, Joshua, thank you for joining us. I have to ask you about the shootout at Husky Stadium, a 36-33 winner for Washington over Oregon. What was your takeaway? As far as maybe a takeaway for both teams, both Oregon and Washington with that great game. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they are uh, two of the best teams in the country. That was on full display in that game. Uh, give Washington a lot of credit. I, I thought their defense played much better than I expected them to. Um, they were physical. They were fast flying around the field. And offensively, they put on display exactly who they are. Michael Penix Jr., a dynamic player. They've got multiple wide receivers. Roma Dunze leading that group uh, that can go out there and really hurt people. Um, and so I liked everything I saw there. On the other side, I know a lot of the Oregon conversation was about some of the go-for-it moments that they took advantage of, and I'm fully on board with it. I, I am a personal uh, believer in the idea that possession of the football is the most important thing in the sport, especially when you're playing a, a team like Washington. And you can play results now, but when you're playing a team like Washington, the mentality you go into that game with is field goals probably aren't going to win us the game and field position is irrelevant because they can score from any point in the field and they can do it quickly. Um, and so it's about extending drives and making sure that you have scoring opportunities and they didn't materialize, but um, I like what they did there. I know that Dan Lanning's probably going to go back and maybe reevaluate some of the situations where he, he probably could have uh, punted the ball away or, or, or attempted a field goal. But um, the fact of the matter is I love the battle that went out on the field there. Uh, and, and both of those teams really impressed me. 
When you look at this matchup coming up on Saturday between Ohio State and Penn State, the Buckeyes' offensive line has been a concern. Is that an area where Penn State's defensive front can take advantage and potentially win this game? I think it is. I think that's the, uh, the biggest area of concern that I would have for Ohio State. And uh, I think their offensive line hasn't been as bad as some people have made it out to be. Uh, I, I think that they have done a pretty solid job in pass pro. Um, and, and some of the pressures that have been allowed, frankly, uh, you watch Tom McCord take his drops and sometimes he's drifting and he's not necessarily hitting the spot. It makes it really difficult uh, for the offensive lineman to set the pocket because the quarterback's not on a spot. Um, I also think that the run game certainly has to improve um, against Maryland. There was probably some holding on the interior of the defensive line that uh, Maryland got away with and allowed the linebackers to flow because the offensive line couldn't climb. Um, there were other opportunities where I thought the running backs weren't, weren't hitting the gaps with enough authority because they open and close so quickly. Uh, all that to say, that is a spot where Penn State can absolutely expose them. And it starts with everybody they have up front, but particularly you got Chuck Robinson on one edge, you got Adisa Eisen on the other edge. I think both of those players are really good. Um, you know, Curtis Jacobs and Abdul Carter playing linebacker, uh, two players that really stand out. And then even if you want to get to the, the Kalen King on the outside, like when you decide that you want to get into some formations that force the cornerbacks to have to fit in the run game, uh, he's, he's a guy who's a willing participant in that. So um, I, I like the, the matchup for Penn State there. I think Ohio State probably understands that, um, you know, they're going to have to play their best. But if they don't come out early and establish the fact that they can hold the line of scrimmage, it, it could get a little bit ugly in that regard of the game. Okay, let's bring Josh down, Joshua down, and we'll call him right back and get a better connection. I don't want to miss a word that he's saying. As you can hear, we got a little bubble action there on the phone call. So Joshua Perry, uh, he would know Ohio State. Amal Shaw would know Ohio State. Joshua played there, of course. Amal went to Ohio State. They've got Penn State coming, one-dimensional on offense. We've talked about that, uh, Amal. Uh, it's a very good defensive team, and right now Ohio State laying four and a half. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Is Penn State always plays Ohio State well enough just to lose, but to potentially cover the number? Last year, they gave up, I think, what, 28 points in the fourth quarter. Obviously, JT Tumalau had arguably the best defensive game by any individual player in that matchup, but this is an intriguing one, and I think Josh, Joshua hit it on the head perfectly, Patrick, in terms of this offensive front for the Buckeyes against the Penn State defensive front. The one thing I'd be concerned with if I'm a Penn State backer is how good can Drew Aller, Drew Aller be when the chips are down and if you're potentially needing a drive late in the game. Okay, let's continue the conversation. Joshua Perry, NBC Sports does a great job. Peacock, college football analyst. We bring Joshua back on here, Sharp Money. Uh, Joshua, I, I want to ask you just specifically about the absence and the miss of Brock Bowers, the tight end there with Georgia, and what that means to the offense moving forward. I think it's a huge deal for Georgia not to have Brock Bowers. First off, I love watching the guy play. And I thought that he had a strong case for most outstanding player in college football this year, a Heisman case. Um, a lot of other people don't see it that way. But the idea that when they needed plays against Auburn, who did they go to? It was Brock Bowers. That wasn't a game that was necessarily supposed to be tight. And he saved them. And I think they lose that ability, especially with the quarterback in Carson Beck, who's still learning his way through this season um, to miss such a dynamic target and a guy who has been so reliable, I think presents a challenge for him. And if we're going to be honest about Georgia, um, as well as they have played over the last couple of seasons, I think they look more vulnerable now than they have in the past. And so uh, I know they're probably trying to figure out answers and, you know, can you get Jack Saint and some of those other guys to pick up some of the production at wide receiver? Not exactly sure at this point, but Brock Bowers not being out on the field is a huge deal. Joshua, good matchup to, in Tuscaloosa on Saturday between Tennessee and Alabama. Is this game a little bit of fool's gold between both of these teams? Uh, Tennessee 5-1, and one, Alabama 6-1. and one. Are they as good as their records and basically the opponents they've faced off against, or are they just maybe not as good as we initially anticipated coming into the season? I mean, I, I think the Alabama thing is interesting because they're not as good as we probably anticipated. But if you were somebody who was reading the tea leaves a little bit, I think you could have known that. Uh, it was a possibility that they would drop that game to Texas. I, I still like Alabama. I think they're a team that is finding what their identity is, and that's a, a you know a, a deep passing, big play type of offense, and, and a team that's built on really good defense, which I know Nick Saban likes down there. For Tennessee, I'm still trying to figure out who they are. Um, this is not a typical Josh Heupel team. They have started going to the run more often. They're relying and leaning a little bit more on their defense, which I think is good, not great. 
Um, and so they're probably winning games in a way that is foreign and uncomfortable to them. Um, and so I think this will be a very interesting battle here where Alabama, um, it feels like they need to, to get this win to continue to have CFP hopes, right? And, and for Tennessee, if they want to win their division, potentially win the SEC, they got to make sure that they pick up these wins in conference. Joshua, you just mentioned the college football playoff. I just want to ask you a question about Florida State. Is Florida State legit? I think they're a really good team. I think Florida State is an offense to me that can be really explosive. They're led by a veteran quarterback who's playing banged up and he's super gritty. Uh, when you got guys like Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman, like the game becomes super easy. Let's, let's be completely clear about the, the freaks of nature that they have out there on the field. I think my biggest question is their defense. I think they've been inconsistent on that side of the football. And as good as their offense is, I'm not exactly sure that you have a great chance once you get into the college football playoff, if you have a defense that you can't always rely on. Um, but ultimately, I like that team. I like them coming into the season, too. I felt like this could be a year where they uh, really open people's eyes nationally. And I think it's about building that consistency on the defensive side of the ball. Joshua, when you, we had you on a couple of weeks ago, you thought Michigan might be the class of the Big Ten and one of the best teams in the country. Are they as good in your estimation as many people perceive them to be? Or is the fact that they've played five offenses so far that are ranked at 100 or below a factor in their success? It's a factor, right? Like, I think we have to be honest about that. Um, you know, it's, it's not good competition. They also don't control how good the other team is. And they've treated bad competition like bad competition. They're blowing people out. Putting up 52 points in back-to-back -back conference games is a feat. Like, that's not something that's easy to do. Um, not letting people inside your 10-yard line is a feat. It's not easy to do. Like, and I, I think about it like this. Even though those offenses are bad, Michigan go out there and just miss tackles. And now all of a sudden, right, they're, they're giving up plays. And they don't do things like that. Um, they've also been able to roll guys late in the games, too. Like, I was covering their game against Minnesota. These cats played uh, 73 players. They played 73 guys in that football game. Um, and so to me, it is they're They are that good. I think defensively, they have all the tools are built well on every single level. I think offensively, not only do they have a quarterback with a dynamic skill set, I think they've got really good scheme to go along with it. Roman Wilson has been a revelation. Colson Loveland is starting to get going. Um, you know, the running back room maybe isn't on the same level of production, but we know that those guys can still get the tough yards. Um, it's, it's a team that is put together as well as anybody in the country. Joshua Perry, NBC Sports, Peacock, college football analyst, RIP underscore JEP on Twitter. Keep up the great work, Joshua. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. I think he might. Was he getting run there at the, at the gym? In the background, it sounded like a pickup game, like the big guy last night playing hoops at the gym. Did you hear that? Might have been us here. I think someone just hit it big on Sigma Derby. <laughs> is that the most popular game in Vegas? It's ridiculous. Okay. Three-point stance and also update Trevor Lawrence next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.
This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, an awesome addition to Sharp Money during the football season is Brennan White, DraftKings U.S. trading team lead. He joins us every Thursday. You can find Brennan on Twitter at BrennanWhite14. Also, I'm proud to be his teammate, and I'll tell you why. I guarantee you he runs a tight ship on the floor over at DraftKings because the notes he sends us are so extensive and fastidious. My man does not mess around. Brennan, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me back, guys. I guarantee you have a very clean house, and I know that because you are so detailed, my man. Let's start Let's start with the notes, and we'll go NFL. And the big story, of course, tonight, Trevor Lawrence. So why don't we do this? Why don't we go get, get inside the bookmaker's mind and, and the trading's mind and start with where you opened the Jags Saints and kind of how that number's moved around and what your thought process is with the quarterback potentially injured here? Yeah, definitely. So this game has kind of been all over the place this week. Uh, obviously with Lawrence's status up in the air, I believe we opened this around a pick and as news came out that he was going to likely play, uh, we had to sort of get a sense of one, how likely that was. And two, if he could play, what sort of his status would be. Um, we've gotten some good information early this morning. We're pretty sure he is going to be active and start. Uh, we've, We've currently got him at a 95% likelihood to start the game. And we think that he'll be around 80%. So we have downgraded sort of his rating a little bit. Um, we're currently sitting uh, at the Saints as two-point favorites, and our total is at 40 and a half. If Lawrence was fully healthy, I'd expect that you know this game would probably be Jags as a slight favorite, maybe somewhere around a pick, and that total would be around the sort of key number of 42. Um, I think that tonight you might see a bit of an ugly offensive affair. Um, I don't know sort of how much coverage this has gotten. The Jags have never won at the Superdome. Lawrence had two losses in college. They were both at the Superdome. Doesn't necessarily bode well for the Jags, but both teams have offensive line injuries. Obviously, Zay Jones is out as well for the Jags. So I wouldn't be surprised to see on a short rest two offenses that don't look that great. Brennan, if you don't mind, take people through the process by which you create a number on a game where you have uncertainty about a starting quarterback as important as Trevor Lawrence to Jacksonville, factoring in the backup, the situation, short week, all those things that you kind of referenced a little bit because – uh, you guys are eventually going to hang a number and there could be uncertainty. A team may not necessarily disclose what the situation on a crucial player may be. Yeah, there's sort of two parts to this process. The first is just taking our best educated guess on our opener. And because we you know, have lower limits earlier in the week and we do have quite a few sharp customers that bet into us, we're pretty aggressive with the line movement, say Sunday night, Monday, and even Tuesday, because at that point we really have no idea what the injury status looks like. So that's all paying attention to the market, looking at our sharper customers, trying to get a sense of where that line is going to close and getting there as quickly as possible. Then as the week goes on, obviously, we do start to get that flow of information that lets us make a better guess around his status, his likelihood to play and his effectiveness if he does start. And at that point, we're willing to, depending on the strength of that information, maybe put ourselves a little bit further out of market, be a little bit more confident in those prices and take more of a stance. Brennan White, DraftKings, U.S. trading team lead, joins us as he does customarily here, Sharp Money, on Thursdays. There's a rumor floating around you guys are going to be hanging a prop for National Tight Ends Day. Care to expound? Yeah, we, uh, we've been doing this for a couple of years now, and it's gotten quite a bit of attention. So we're rolling it back this year. Sunday, the fourth Sunday in October, is National Tight Ends Day. We've gone up with weekly player specials for all of the major tight ends. And then we've got some fun outright markets. Uh, the most notable ones being the first tight end to catch a touchdown pass on Sunday morning. Right now, Sam Laporte is the guy that's drawing the most action at 10 to one. He's been having an excellent season and the lions are a popular upset pick against the Ravens. And then the other market of course, is which tight end will have the most receiving yards on Sunday. Travis Kelsey is the big favorite in that market at plus plus one fifty, but that has not stopped people from coming in on him. He's been very popular in all the markets we offer him for. George Kittle, thank you for National Tight Ends Day. 
Uh, Sunday night got a tremendous matchup, at least on paper, between Miami and Philadelphia. You guys have been seeing some heavy action on this Dolphins team. Have they just been a popular team since the early part of the season or maybe that 70-point explosion against Denver? Because when they're playing in South Florida, they look like an unstoppable team. Now a different situation going up to the link. Yeah, you're spot on there. The Dolphins have been extremely popular this year. They're a really fun team to watch. A uh, lot of people are excited to, you know, see if they can put up 30, 40, in one case, 70 points. So we do take a lot of public money on the Dolphins, on the over, on their player props. And the Eagles, honestly, have not looked all that great this season. They've not returned to the form that they had during the playoffs last year. And the loss against the Jets last week was pretty ugly. I think that with that in people's heads, with this being a primetime game, the highest total on the board, we're just going to be looking at only Dolphins and over money until that game kicks off. Brennan, the second most popular Minnesota native behind Prince. First off, sorry for your twins. Uh, I'm sorry. Also sorry about your Vikings. But let's talk about a college football game that could have a sub-30 total. I mean, this is unbelievable right now. Minnesota, Iowa. I just looked. You guys are sitting, what, 31? Yeah. Yeah, it's been, uh, I think we opened 32. It's been dropping ever since. It is the lowest total college football game that I can remember, at least in, you know, amongst uh, major schools. Both of these offenses have looked atrocious. Um, the <laughs> Iowa offense with the loss of McNamara has been bad. Ference has always had a problem sort of piecing together what that offensive identity should look like. Their defense, though, has been incredible. And I think that this is just a situation where you're going to see some ugly offensive footballs, lots of three and outs, maybe a couple turnovers. I honestly, despite the low total, would not be shocked if this game goes under. I, I was just going to ask you that follow-up question. And Patrick, wanted to get your thoughts on this as well. In terms of this total, you can't really go play the 31, but how the hell do these guys actually combine to get to 32 points? No, there's no yeah, exactly. chance <laughs> you're playing the over here. No yeah. chance, Brennan. You can't play the over. It's one of those things where we're in uncharted territory, right? Like, what is the number where people might start betting the over? And we haven't seen it yet. So, <laughs> you know, there might, be a, there might be a moment this week where you see a 29 and a half or something crazy like that. And, you know, we're just going to keep having to drop it until somebody decides, okay, it's, this is low enough. They have to get to this many points. But, you know, watching these two teams this year, it is very difficult to see how they get there. Yeah, I'll, I'll pass on the total. I'll also pass on watching that football game. Oh, thank you very much. No Colorado <laughs> this week, you mentioned, but there's going to be big-time focus there, DK and elsewhere. Penn State at Ohio State. Where'd you, where'd you open, Brennan? Where are you sitting? Yeah, so we're sitting at four and a half on this game. It's right around where we opened. It's, it's a really interesting spread because Ohio State hasn't really been challenged outside of that game against Notre Dame. And they did not look very good in that game, obviously getting away with a win on a last second touchdown and Penn state, although they haven't really played anyone has rolled through everybody. And I think that a lot of people are expecting Penn state to have a real chance in this game. The interesting thing is historically, that's not been a very good matchup for them. Um, they're, they've lost the last uh, 10 of the last 11 games against Ohio state. They've never beaten Ohio state on the road since joining the big 10. James Franklin has really struggled to get this offense going against Ohio state. This might be the year that they do it, but the odds are stacked against them. I love that breakdown you gave there, especially with the historical perspective. This team has really struggled, even though the games have been close. I want to get to the baseball right now, as we have the first pitch underway at uh, chase field between the diamondbacks and the Phillies. Did you guys take a ton of money on the Astros yesterday? I know I'm Monday morning quarterbacking this, but Patrick, Dustin, myself, and I, we all loved the Strohs yesterday based on the spot and the pitching matchup with Scherzer just kind of reaching the tail end of his career. When you look right now, is this a game where you guys gotten heavy Philly money simply because the way the Phillies are playing and Brandon Fott's on the bump? Yeah, this is definitely a spot where we're taking Philly money. Um, I think people have you know watched the first two games in that series and, and seen how lopsided of a matchup this is. Although we haven't really taken a lot of sharp money on the Phillies, which is interesting. So our line hasn't moved that much. I think we closed around Phillies minus 130. And I think that this could be the last chance for the Diamondbacks to get back into the series. If they lose this game, I have a hard time with sort of the starting pitching that they've got seeing them come back from a 3-0 deficit.
Patrick, just and you want to straight, you want these series to go on and on. You want to accrue some handle, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, as a book, other than rooting against our, our Astros liability, the main thing we're rooting for is seven game series. We generate so much handle on these playoff games that, you know, even if we're losers on those teams in our futures markets, it's worth it for us to push that series as long as possible and get as many games for people to bet on. Brennan, real quick, you just mentioned about sharp money coming in. You haven't seen a ton on the Phillies. Can you just explain to people real quickly, if you have just a person who comes in off the street, bets X amount of dollars, and you have someone you consider sharp, kind of just explain from your perspective, what does that mean and how you might move a number? Yeah, absolutely. So sort of one of our key initiatives has been to make sure that we let our sharper customers bet with us and then utilize that information. Um, We do that by sort of, profiling customers based on the pattern of their betting play and sort of the information that we're able to collect when onboarding them if they're a known customer. And one of the things we like to do is sort of test the waters and we'll put ourselves in a position to see if any of those more sharper, well-known customers who get lots of closing line value, who are disciplined with their staking strategy, who tend to be ahead of non-public information. If those people start coming in, then that is a really good indicator to us of where we want our price to be, sort of regardless of where the rest of the market's at. Brennan, great job. Thanks for the great notes and the great information. And we'll talk to you next week. Brennan White, DraftKings US Trading Team Lead at Brennan White 14. Thanks, Brennan. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Okay, great job. When we return, we're headed to the pound. Dog pound, boys. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.